The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Well, hey, it is the last in, which means it's that time of year that uh, I want to take a, a few minutes to recognize some people that really make the ministry around here happen, and in particular on Tuesdays. And I'm, I'm going to start by saying, you know, when you do something like this, inevitably you miss somebody. And so I know I'm going to do that, but please know my gratitude for all of you who, uh, who show up early, who stay late, and who play a role in making this, uh, this, this event, this gathering, this community really happen each Tuesday. Uh, so a few shout outs here, last end of the year of the, the school year. First to our worship team, and I want to, and here's what we'll do. Yeah, here's, here's what we'll do. You can literally give shout outs like a, woo, yeah, boy, whatever, okay? But let's hold your applause to the end, okay? So literal shout outs, and I'll lead us in, in applause to the end. But first to our worship team, Cameron Simmons and Scott Ohashi have basically been leading, yeah, basically been leading us for, for four years. And of course, Glendy, Annie, and Jonathan are also seniors that have shared, have repeatedly shared their gifts and talents in a way that I know makes me dance. And as I look out, it, it makes others of you uh, dance. And, and as I share about the worship team, they invite you, if you're into doing what we, what we do here like this uh, tonight, as they, uh, as they're anticipating finals, they invite you to a worship morning tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Okay. For the, yeah. Up here at the Inn Chapel. If you want to be a part of that, actually go to the doors here at UPC on 15th. There'll be somebody to greet you and show you the way up to the chapel. Again, that's tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Well, it's not just, uh, the, the worship team. Uh, want to give a shout out to Isaac Dodrell and Alex Hall. They make things happen uh, in terms of being able to see anything that we do video or project. Our sound engineers, uh, Jeff Blackburn and his team, Oliver Stuffox, students, Daniel Kyes and David Diker, uh, put in a considerable amount of time making this uh, happen, this setup happen each week. I'm particularly grateful uh, for Ali, Kara, and Leandra, the speaking team that helps us land our talks on Target every week. Many of you have experienced the goodness of our hospitality team that on the first Tuesday of every month helps prepare some food. They greet you in writing name tags as well. At times throughout the year, we have our own house DJ. Sam Tompkins has been that for us this year, laying down some beats for the post to in in. And then I know the interns, most of all, are grateful. There's every week there's, there's, uh, there are people that help us get the chairs stacked, that help us get, get things taken down. And we're grateful for those, uh, that step up every week. But, but the folks that have been most, uh, consistent in helping us out every week, uh, we're grateful for Emily Bunch, Emma Mitsui, and Katie Brudwick. Their help there. The, truly, this is a ministry that is primarily led by student leaders. Uh, it, it, our vision is for the student vision to live, and it is through these leaders that have been named and so many more that we're grateful. So with that in mind, can we, 
go nuts with a giant round of applause for those people. Um, okay, hey, for our final in of the year, I want to invite the interns up. They are people. Uh, it's, this has become a bit of a tradition for us because the interns uh, spend so much time uh, meeting with you one-on-one, -on -one, going for a walk on campus, a cup of coffee, coffee a meal, planning uh, different events in ministry, perhaps mission trips. There are people that, that many of you in the room have spent a lot of time with, so it's fun to, to get to hear some of their, their reflections. So we're, we're going to do that. Uh, we've talked about a few questions that, that we want to have them reflect on, so I'm just going to fire a few things out there, and we'll get a chance to hear from each one of you. And for this first, for this first one, I wanna, I'm, I'm interested to hear how, what you will share around really being the highlight of the year as an intern, besides working with me, um, but sh perhaps share a moment that, that stuck out and, and why that was. I don't care who goes first. Okay, I'll go. get it started. Um, so I went to the Dominican Republic for spring break. Uh, and there's, wow. yeah, DR. Um, there's this one day where we played baseball against um, a group of local Dominican kids. Uh, but it was like no game I've ever played. Um, we were out in the middle of this sugarcane field. Has anyone seen Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that. Like in the middle of a field, it was dirt. We were using a sweatshirt for third base until we found a base. We found like cardboard or something. Um, like, total pickup game. Uh, and it was so cool because it was people from the inn on one team, and it was a bunch of 13, 14, 15-year-old kids on the other um, the other team. And they had no equipment. And so, literally, every half inning, we would drop our gloves where we were. I was catching. I would switch gear with the catcher, drop the glove, drop the gear. Um, and it was crazy because uh, I got this vision of the kingdom. Uh, shocker. The kingdom of God is not all white people. Um, and everyone looks different, and we all share. Uh, and so it was this, I was sitting behind a plate watching uh, Mr. Renneker, a.k.a. Jamie Moyer, throw some high heat <laughs> at about 50 miles an hour, and, you know, just watching it come in. You had a couple seconds to think, right? Like, as he's throwing it, you know, it takes a little while to get there. Um, and so I was looking out, and just, it hit me, like, God was saying, Brian, this is my kingdom. This is my people. This and it was the two teams, and I don't know, it was just really cool for me that, like, I got this, I don't know, like, I just, it, it never clicked before, like, the light bulb just kind of, ding, so, that was my favorite moment. Yeah, I'm glad to know there's baseball in the kingdom of God as well. <laughs> um, my very favorite moment this year was watching you all serve one another communion at Winter Retreat. And communion to me is this enormous mystery. I mean, every church tradition views it differently as to who can serve it, who can receive it, what the bread and the juice or wine actually is. Um, but what we do know about it is that Jesus first served communion at the Last Supper to the disciples before he went to the cross to his friends. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And so every time I'm in front of you guys serving communion, looking you in the eyes and saying the body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you, I am overwhelmed that I have the privilege to look you in the eyes and extend grace to you, the grace of Christ to you. Um, but specifically at Winter Retreat, 
when I was on the side serving communion to some of you who came separately watching you all serve communion to one another, I was overcome with emotion because it was so beautiful to me that you were extending the grace of Christ to one another. And I don't really understand the mystery of communion, but what I understood that night was that friends were serving communion to friends. Broken people were breaking bread and serving to other broken people to say, the grace of Christ is with you. And you all came to the front to receive it from one another, from the people you trusted most. Thank you. So that was a really beautiful moment. And you guys inspired me. And I feel so privileged not only to stand before you and serve communion, but to be in a community that serves one another in that way and that trusts one another and loves one another. It was really beautiful. Thanks, Carly. John Calvin said, communion is a divine mystery that I cannot seek to explain. So consistent with Calvin. <laughs> exactly. Um, for me, I think I, my mind immediately goes to actually a really specific conversation um, with a student first night of the DR trip on the beach under the stars. Um, and it was just really incredible because I think I came into this job really pumped for like hanging out with people all day and talking to people and having conversations because everyone in the world knows that's like my favorite thing. Um, but this was super different because I went on that DR trip my freshman year too when I didn't know anyone and I was like super lost and confused little freshman Brenna. Um, and I remember the things that I was struggling with at that point in time in my life. And I remember how scared and anxious and confused I felt. Um, and then I'm sitting on the beach this year with this girl talking about the same kinds of things and how she was struggling with them. And I just saw so much of myself in her. But what really stood out to me was not like, oh, I see so much of myself in her. I can help her. But realizing like, I knew she was going to be okay because I could look at my own life and I saw like so clearly and tangibly God's faithfulness to me and the way that he had freed me from so many things. And I was like, I was looking at her just knowing for a fact that she would be free one day too. Um, and I just felt like so incredibly loved by God in that moment. Um, so I don't know. That was awesome. It was awesome to like connect with her in that way. And I felt really honored that she was sharing with me, but it was also just a cool moment to see what God's done in my life. And that reflected through a person that I was talking to. You're not supposed to be out on the beach after dark in the DR, Brenna. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was in the hotel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, for me, my, my, my favorite moment, uh, or my highlight for one, one of my highlights for this year, there's a lot, but one of my biggest highlights was actually something I was looking forward to least uh, with this internship, and that was the Seattle mission trip. Uh, it was the first weekend of Christmas break, so we had to give up our first weekend of break uh, and then serve a population which I had never really interacted with, and that was low-income and, and homeless uh, population in South Seattle. Uh, and to top that all off, uh, I was grouped with about seven or eight girls. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was literally me and the ladies rolling, uh, rolling deep. And um, <laughs> we, one of the nights, the second night we were there, we partnered with Union Gospel Mission, and we got to go out, and from, for about three hours, from 8 to 11 at night, we, we handed out blankets, handed out hot chocolate, socks, underwear, toiletries, uh, and it was just a, it was a really eye-opening moment, a just complete, you know, service to, to those in need, uh, and we got a chance to speak with a van rider, uh, or van driver, excuse me, who actually had been homeless um, for a little while and had kind of shared some of his experiences with us and, and just kind of opened my eyes in a new way. So it was one of my favorites. 
cool. Thanks for sharing. Uh, as a matter of kind of bringing this quarter full circle, uh, we've been examining Old Testament stories. Shout out to the student interns that have led us through that. But if a couple of you could, could share about what are some of the Bible stories that, and, and this could be Old or New Testament, that really resound with you and maybe why those, those stories uh, do just connect to your, your soul in this moment. Um, well, mine's not necessarily a Bible story. Um, I'm going off script, sorry, church. Uh, it's Psalm 139. Uh, so when I was a junior in college, I was reading, or I was taking a bunch of classes. I was like 18 credits. I was leading a small group. I was working. I was involved with my fraternity and just kind of felt like I was vibrating to the point where I thought I was going to explode. I was super busy, never, ever had a chance to just take downtime. Um, and for me, that's really hard. I'm kind of like an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert where I need time by myself and time just to unplug and unwind. And I didn't have that. And so I didn't have any peace or space. And so I started, um, I was talking to my mom on the phone and she was like, Ryan, you should read Psalm 139. I was like, okay, mom, because you asked me to, and you're going to ask again, like, I'll read it, you know, stop nagging me. And I read it every single day for like three or four months. Um, and the, the premise of the Psalm is David, um, sitting before God and, and saying, God, you know me, you love me, like search my heart and know my anxieties. Um, and it just really affirmed that God knows me. Um, and it's this Psalm of affirmation of who David is and, um, that he is the Lord's and, it's just a really cool, like, centering story for me. So whenever I feel like I don't know who I am or what's going on, um, or I'm in a period of anxiety, uh, I can read that and just, I don't know, it feels like God's speaking to me when I read it and when he says, Ryan, relax. Like, I got you. I love you. This is who you are. I formed you. I've made you. I've, you know, you're mine. Like, why are you freaking out? Um, that's probably, like, my favorite Bible story that comes to mind right now. Yeah. So my small group this year was studying, at one point, the life of Abraham. Um, and in that particular study, we spent one night looking at the story of Hagar, Sarah, and Abraham. Hagar was Abraham and Sarah's Egyptian maidservant. So basically, she was a slave. Um, and when Sarah couldn't conceive, Hagar was pretty much by our standard taken advantage of Abraham for a child with her. Um, and she was used to bring this child into his genealogy. She didn't have a choice. And then when the child was born, Sarai and Hagar had a tiff and she um, basically was cast out by her master, Sarah, into the wilderness. And in this story, God meets Hagar in the wilderness. And when they're speaking, she names God. She says, you are the God who sees me. And this is the very first person in scripture to name God, to give God a name. And it's an Egyptian slave, which I think is really significant, especially since women don't get a ton of recognition, especially foreign women in the Bible. But you can find foreign women who get recognition in the Bible. So look for that. Um, but for me, this was significant because that night, my core group, we finished studying it and everyone was just like speechless because it was such a complicated story to investigate and we wanted to see the beauty in it but it's not really beauty beautiful by our 21st century standard to see the way that this slave woman was mistreated and kind of just thrown a bone by God um, that he would bless her and give her descendants um, so we were sitting with 
both the unsettling side of the story, which is Abraham taking advantage of a foreign woman, but also with the redemptive side of the story, which is Hagar being spoken to by God, being honored by God, and having the privilege to name God. Um, so for me, that was a significant story that stuck with me because it was the first time that I'd been leading a group and I left the group saying, wow, I may have screwed them up for good, but... Uh, I mean, it was really beautiful because that, I think, is how we should leave Scripture sometimes. Scripture doesn't exist to serve us. Um, scripture exists so that we can investigate it and question it and learn more about God's character through it. Yeah, good. Either two you want to share or should we move on? Okay. Um, one of the things that we talk about particularly with student leaders, is that this is, this is a, a ministry where we, we seek to help students discover and use their spiritual and leadership gifts. And no doubt that ends up happening for us on staff as well. So share with us just a little bit about what did this internship teach you about the work of God, perhaps in those specific ways, things that you discovered, um, maybe about you in that. How did God's work become more real to you is I think what I'm leaning into here. Um, Another student that I meet with pretty regularly, who's very wise, um, once said to me, every single person that you come across has something to teach you about God. Um, And that really, really, that was partway through the year that she said that. And I think something really crucial in me shifted when she said that, because I started thinking about my mentality towards ministry and interacting with people and always feeling like, okay, there's people who I'm going to learn from God about and they're going to pour into me. And then there's the people that I'm going to teach about God and I'm going to pour into them. And almost this like pathway of knowledge that like flows downward. But the fact of the matter is that every single person that you interact with every single day is made in the image of God. And he's He's like crafted that person and given them a mind and abilities and traits. And so even if that person isn't defining themselves as a Christian or they're not pursuing God at all, or they're something that you don't like, like someone super different than you in some certain way. um, I think there's something to be said for listening, truly listening to every single person um, and learning about God through them. Um, and so I think my definition of what it means to listen and learn about who God is has really changed this year. And yeah, I think to, to go along with that, um, there's a freedom in knowing that that you can't really screw it up. Um, the, the sun is going to rise in the east and set in the west. Uh, you're going to pay taxes. Um, and one day, you know, we will all be returned back to the ground. Um, and most importantly, God will be God. God is going to work. God is going to work through you, going to work in you and with you and for you. And, and just kind of releasing any stress, just being free to, to proclaim truth uh, and just be you. That's what I've learned. And finally, okay, every, I'm pretty sure that everybody in the room with at least one, if not all of you, is curious to know what's next. So before we wrap up, share, share what, what uh, is next for you. And then uh, what, is, what is something that maybe you've learned this past year? Maybe it's something you've learned over the last four or five years. But what's your parting shot? 
what would be, you know, one thing about the gospel, about Jesus, about God that you would hope for these students to know and understand? So what's next? What do you hope for them to know and understand? Um, okay, so next year, um, I guess in September, I start at Princeton Seminary. Uh, but in about 13 days, I drive down to California and live there for the summer and mooch off my parents for a couple months. Um, you know, sounds awesome, doesn't it? Living with your parents again. Yes. Um, but my parting shot. Uh, I think this year has been a year of learning uh, that behavior, modif- behavior modification doesn't work. Um, I'm very much someone who is an external processor. Uh, I say a lot of things that are stupid. Uh, when I'm reaching my end conclusions, uh, I end up with my foot in my mouth a lot. And so I've tried to counteract doing that by just like not saying things, um, by trying to uh, not do things anymore, trying to stop doing sin um, and try and make myself look perfect. Um, and I'm really bad at it. <laughs> and I'm realizing that that's not God's heart for me. God's heart for me is not to just behavior modify myself into like a little robot um, because there's no beauty in that. Um, and it's impossible. And so third and I were walking last week and um, we were talking about this question and what kept coming up as I was processing was I'm broken and I can't fix it and I'm broken. And this year has been a year of realizing like, man, we can talk about so many different things about the Bible, but the greatest truth is that humanity is broken, God loves us, and that's enough for us to know God and to be broken is a fact of life. And so like Connor said, the sun's going to rise, we're going to pay taxes, which, you know, that's awesome to know, I guess. If you guys didn't know, you're going to pay taxes the rest of your life. That sucks. Um, And you're broken, and that's beautiful, and that's okay. And I've felt like I've spent 22 years of my life feeling like my brokenness is not okay and that I needed to fix it myself, and you can't. So if there's any people pleasers out there who keep trying to change what they're doing so that they look better, so that people accept them more, stop doing it. Just, like, just stop. Embrace who you are. Love the fact that you're broken. um, And love the fact that God loves you so much in your brokenness. um, But he also loves you way too much to leave you there. Uh, that's why he sent Jesus, and that's why the cross existed, and that's why Jesus rose from the grave and brought new life. So in your death, or in Jesus' death, there's life. Um, and I feel like that's something that's said a lot in church, and it must be important that they keep saying it. Uh, so I'm just going to try and choose to listen, and I hope you guys do too as well. Okay, I'm going next. Um Let's see. First and foremost, um, when I'm done here uh, in a few days or a couple weeks, excuse me, um, I'm already checked out. <laughs> no, um, first and foremost, I'm going to go fishing. Uh, I'm going out to Alaska and I'm going to try and make some money. Um, and then after that, I'm thinking about moving to Hawaii and doing like fire dancing, you know, get a bunch of tribal tats, uh, never wear a shirt again, fire stuff like that. Um, no, nah, just kidding. Um, I wish. Maybe one day. I want to see list. that. <laughs> um, so after I get back, uh, I'll be applying for physical therapy programs. Uh, hopefully get into UW. That'd be awesome. Um, and then next year, just be kind of working, trying to find a way to make a little bit of money. 
Uh, and then hopefully if everything goes smoothly, um, by the fall of 2017 I'll be going through a physical therapy program and hopefully lead to some fun adventures. Thanks, Brian. Oh, yeah, parting shot. <laughs> See, checked out. Um, <laughs> what did I learn? Um, <laughs> uh, I would say, for me, the biggest thing I learned is that uh, we need each other, that we need people. We need community, we need friends, family, and those, uh, those people around us to, to tell us what we, what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. Um, give us what we what we need and what not necessarily what we want, um, and just just to, to be to to be known. I think is something that that me personally uh, I will be seeking for, and I think everyone else should as well. Um, what's next? Well, Brenna and I are going to beep bop our way across the country because. Unfortunately, I'm moving back to the South, um, but it'll be okay because I'm going to Divinity School at Vanderbilt, which is exciting. It's what I w wanted to do. Thank you. It's what I wanted to do since my senior year of college, so it's fun that I actually went through with it, um, but I'm sad to be leaving you all. I guess that's it for my next steps. Um, my parting shot. Sitting across the table from you all and hearing your stories and reflecting on my own this year, I think I have come to the conclusion that our spiritual growth, our faith journey is not a linear process. Um, I don't think that the process of sanctification could be put on a graph. And if we think that it could be put on a graph, that graph, that makes it a lot easier to compare our process of growing in faith to other people's processes. So... I think we should stop looking at it in black and white and stop trying to graph it and realize, like Pierce said, that we're broken and, and that it's just as important to have the moments where you're like, how did I get here? I feel like last year I was so on fire for Jesus, but here I am today and I don't even know if I believe in him. I don't even know if all of this that I've been buying into is real. Um, and I will confess that I have those moments as a minister and it's important to have those moments because we have to realize our sin to understand the grace of Christ. And I, and it's important also to have moments where you understand that Jesus's grace is for you, that Jesus actually loves you and you believe it in your heart. But, um, that's not a linear process. And there are things that I've forgotten from my faith journey that I cycle back to time and time again. Um, and so I want you to be encouraged. Maybe it is linear for you. If it is, that's great. I don't want to discourage you, but if you feel like a failure sometimes, know that you are not a failure because you're not on a straight path, but God is working in every moment of your life. Um, okay, next. Well, uh, currently waiting to hear back from job prospects, <laughs> so I'm not going back to school like the rest of these three <laughs> yet. Um, so what I'm hoping to be doing is kind of like psychology-based leadership development, um, and a program with college students, so hit me up if you're interested in that. Small plug. Um, <laughs> but really, I don't know if that's going to go through. So I'm just kind of driving across the country with Carly and then making plans for what's after that. <laughs> the first time in my life that I don't have a plan pa uh, like past one month from now at all. So it's like a big black void, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. No, we're trusting. It's good. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
then really all I have to say for parting shot is building off of exactly what these two already said. But um, it's just so, so, so important that we remember that everything starts with grace. Um, I think we sometimes mix up the starting place as what do I have to understand about God to receive this grace or what do I have to do to be in the grace or what am I missing or, oh, I'm not spiritually mature enough yet or I don't understand or whatever it is. Um, but the grace is, is the doorway and you enter through it and everything stems from there. And um, I think I've just learned a lot this year about what it means to desire God in a genuine way. And if you are striving to be good enough for God or to be a certain type of person or if God is somehow like a means to a different end, you just aren't going to be desiring him in a genuine way. But if you can accept that grace first and grow out of that, then um, I think he's going to show you a lot more of what it means to truly desire him in, in a genuine way. And that's been really cool. So that's what I would hope to leave you guys with. Well, thank you, uh, all four of you, for taking a year to share your lives with us and with our community for the things that you've shown us about God. Thank you for sharing those, those reflections. And so uh, will you join me in thanking these four servants for just a wonderful year? Um, well, tonight also marks uh, the last in for our beloved co-director, Janie Stewart. And I want to, Janie, if you'd, if you'd come up here. And, and as Janie comes up here, there's a few things that I want you to know about Janie after 12 years of serving you and other college students that Janie has spent countless hours reading and exploring and teaching you all and those that have gone before you how to pray. She uses her keen intellect to lead us deeper into God's story, to opening up the scriptures for the sake of growing. I knew I had no shot at this. Uh, of growing in authentic relationship with Jesus. Janie thinks of you before she thinks of herself. And honestly, I can't think of a greater gift that somebody gives than the gift of thinking of somebody else, of thinking of you before you think of yourself. Um, Janie has spent the last 12 years thinking about how is the time that we spend with students and the effort that they put in going to be worth it that much more with the things that, that we plan. She's thought about how to best connect you with a group of people that might bring about transforming relationship with Jesus as she's thought about core groups and putting those together. She's prayed for you by name without telling you that she's doing so because you applied for a core group and because she's writing name tags at the end uh, on most weeks and she has a bear trap for a memory. She doesn't forget. Uh, she's brought a little bit of, of sanity to what often feels like an insane schedule in an insane world. In our working together over the past 12 years, uh, she's no doubt been the best colleague I could ever imagine, but she's also, she's also one that I include um, 
among my closest friends. She's not one for the spotlight. Uh, and so, uh, Kelsey, would you, would you come on up really quick as well? We have a gift for you, Janie. And it's a gift on behalf of the staff, really for this, the hundreds of students that you have served and influenced over the years. So would you all join me in giving a great big thank you to Janie. standing. I want to pray for the interns. I want to pray for Janie as the worship team comes up and leads us in a few more songs. Holy God, you are good. We thank you for the gift of each other, for the opportunity to be in community, to learn from one another, to know that you are at work, to to learn about your grace, to know your grace, uh, because we, we show up. Uh, and, and because we try and we fail, because we try and succeed, but because you're at work in and through each of us. We do pray for these interns as they head off into what is next. We pray for Janie as she transitions in her ministry. Uh, I pray for each of them that you would lead them forth in joy and that they would be led back in peace. God, would you be all the more real to them as they continue to serve you with their lives. God, we rejoice. And we pray that as we continue to sing and spend time together, that you would be enthroned on the praises of your people. Thank you for being with us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.